Hello and welcome to another edition of the Liga Mekis Preview, brought to you by the Mexican Soccer Show. Today we're going to discuss the massive rivalry game between América and Chivas that's coming up, Bumas' undefeated run, Week 11 games to look forward to, and much, much more. And to help me out today, we are joined by Mariano Trujillo from Fox Deportes. Mariano, thanks for joining us on today's pod. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Cesar. I mean, it's, it's my pleasure to be here with you to chat a little bit of uh, Mexican soccer. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So, Mariano, let's 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 kick things off by what everybody's talking about right now. And no, it's not actually you know the Mexican national team call up list. I mean, yeah, that's that, that is one of the bigger stories. But the the big story, the thing that everybody is talking about, is the Clásico Nacional this weekend between Club América and Chivas. Mariano, I'm, let's 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 start off with a simple question here to kick off the discussion. I mean, who has the advantage here? Who has advantage in this in this match for this for this weekend? Well, I mean, if you look at the numbers, we can say that America has the advantage. But if then uh, you uh, look a little bit aside of the numbers and all the stats, uh, I think it's a pretty even match because America, yes, uh, America, yes, he has uh, found his way to get the points, to get the results, but uh, but they're not playing great. And on the other hand, Chivas uh, is pretty much doing the same thing. Not a good result, not not a good couple of results, but the last one they managed their way to get uh, a, a victory. And with that, obviously, facing or approaching the, the Clásico, uh, the mood is different for Chivas. So I will say it's an even game. Uh, if, you, if you take in consideration that America is not having a, a full roster, that uh, makes things even um, you know, more even, if I can say that. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I have, I, have my, uh, I have this gut feeling that um, mm-hmm. Ch- Chivas can have a little bit of advantage because of... Uh, the, the momentum they're building in terms yeah. of uh, after Alexis Vega and Antuna situation with Instagram and all that, I think that uh, uh, brought the team together. And it's a different situation with uh, with America. Every time, every weekend they play, even if they win, there's something with Piojo or with the team or with Giovanni or with any other of their players. So there's a lot of pressure with America, and I think that will be for Chivas' advantage. Yeah, I like to call that off the field ish issue a hashtag Smirnoffgate. But um, <laughs> but, 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 I, but I agree. I definitely agree. I mean, I mean, what you see, I think for me, what I think of when I look at this matchup is just it, it's it's a battle where I can see both of their strengths canceling each other out. You have America's impressive attack going up against Chivas's reliable defense. You know, and, and I think that. Yeah, America's defense wasn't nearly as bad as it was in August, you know, mm-hmm. but but we've seen countless examples of America allowing their opposition to create high quality goal scoring chances. And obviously we, we have to keep in mind, you know, Bruno Valdez injury has really mixed things up. And that's also mixed things up for Biogo's trying out different formations, different players in his defense over the last couple months. And I, I think what's really helped America is, is their attack because yes, uh, Chivas has some exciting attacking options, but I mean, America is just Vinas and Henry Martin have been fantastic in recent weeks. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think America is relying more um, on their individualities, the the individual skills. Vinas, they can they can play uh, wrong during a long period of in the game, and then Vinas gets the ball and scores. Same same with Henry Martin, and um, and basically pretty much. Uh, the offensive players in America, they have that skill of creating situations just by themselves. Cordova as well. If Gio isn't a good day, he can create uh, something like that as well. Um, I think it's a different story uh, for Chivas. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, if I think about the tactical part, um, 
Bucetich, he, he doesn't like to go forward and attack right. and be a um, you know an, an attacking minded play, uh, coach. So I, I'm intrigued about the Chivas approach because I'm pretty sure Miguel Herrera uh, has learned how to play these games because if we check his numbers, uh, the numbers are good for Miguel Herrera in this type of game. So um, I don't know. I, I'm intriguing about the, the approach uh, of, from, from both coaches because I'm pretty sure Miguel Herrera will sit back a little bit and try to, uh, you know, uh, try uh, Chivas to, to go forward and then counterattack because of what you said, the, the quality of, of their uh players yeah i mean but that, that's the thing with uh chiefs i mean it's just i mean i, I guess i get it you know you're, you're a new manager with Vucetich, you're, you're playing it safe you're a little bit more i guess pragmatic is the way that i would put it you know but I, I want the attack to be more aggressive especially with the talent they have you know but at the same time i just i wouldn't be surprised if if Vucetich is just going to aim for a draw this weekend, you know, they're, they're solid defensively, but maybe they'll get a goal and they'll keep it at that. And because honestly, what I was thinking, I mean, I, I predicted a two to two draw earlier this week, but I, I don't know. What, what are your ideas for prediction? Because I think it's, I think it's be one to one. I think that's, wow. I, I think, I think that's what I'm going for. I'm sorry. Was that your, is that your answer? <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's just, it's really hard to, to have a prediction in, in this one. Oh, yeah. It's 2020. Everything oh, yeah. is, is going crazy nuts. I mean, you see Querétaro having some good performances, and you see Toluca having a, uh, a great run, and then they lost three or four games. So you don't know what's going to happen in this in this Guardianes 2020. Too many uh, aspects around the game to to consider. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel I feel the same way. I think a draw will be uh, the, the final result. Um, it, it's a different game, that, that's for sure. But there's a thin line uh, for players and coaches when you play these type of games. Because this, there's a difference between going out and perform mm. to try and try to win the game, and just going out and perform and, and try not to lose the game. So I think that will be the the key and the the key factor for any of the team. If you want a little bit more than your opponent, probably they can get a victory. If not, if they play the same, just uh, conservative and and I don't want to make any mistakes. If I'm a player, as a coach, thinking more on the uh, organization of the team, the discipline and all that, I think that the draw will be the final result. All right, so here, here's my, my, my final question for you regarding this game, and it's who, who has more pressure here to get a win? Is, is it Chivas or America? Well, I think it's the same. You know, I think it's the same. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, if you go to the standings, uh, Chivas is it's a behind America, and they need to win. But I, w- I will say there's a lot of pressure because, you know, the new format, even if you're in 12th position, you, you will have a shot. So... Uh, I will say America, you know, and I will say America because um, they're more demanding. Their fans are more demanding. I will say Chivas fans understand that they're, uh, it's a work in progress. They're uh, probably uh, building the foundation for what they want in the future. Um, still pressure, though, but, uh, but I think America has the most pressure in this, in this game. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree. So now let's uh, look ahead to another big match this week, and it's Tigres versus Garetero on Saturday. And, you, you know, against an average roster like Garetero, I think a lot of fans are wondering, especially Tigres fans are wondering, is this going to be the game in which they'll say, there's a Tigres side, there's a true powerhouse in Mexican soccer with a 3 or 4 nothing win, or maybe... Tigres will allow another late goal against the Querétaro side. Have been surprisingly good, and it's going to one to one. I don't know your thoughts. Is it, is it going to be one or one or the other, or is it going to be maybe something in between? Because I'm I'm still not sure. I, I'm still not sure. You know, I think the game um, will go the same way 
the games go uh, at the El Volcan. And Tigres, Tigres dominating the game, having possession of the ball, having plenty of options to score goals. And I think it will, it will come down to uh, the accuracy they have uh, in front of the goal. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's not Gignac, it's kind of hard for the other forwards to score yeah. goals. And they create a lot of opportunities. Um, and when you are um, performing like that, when you're on the field, and, and as a player, you feel like you're dominating and they can hurt you is when you put your guard down. And uh, some of the other teams, like Pumas, for example, uh, they can take advantage of that. And Querétaro uh, has shown to be a team that uh, they don't give up. You know, they yeah. can be losing 3-1, 4-0, whatever it is. And, and they keep fighting and they keep fighting. And they rely on, on the organization, the discipline to stay compact, to, to strike um, with a counterattack, with a breakaway. And they have players uh, to yeah. do that. Uh, if if Tigres is not overconfident, I think it should be an easy win for Tigres. Uh, but this is where the end is 2020, and you never know. So <laughs> Querétaro has been, Querétaro defeated Cruz Azul, America. So I don't see why not uh, Querétaro can think that they can get a good result in Monterrey. Yeah, see, that's, that's the thing about Querétaro, because at the very beginning of the season, I honestly didn't know what to make of them. I was like, all right, we'll see how this goes. I have no idea what this is going to look like. But now I'm starting to... You can definitely start to piece things together. You'll, like you said, they're going to be compact. It'll probably be a four-four-two. They're going to allow Tigres to have possession. They're going to allow Tigres to build things up, and then Querétaro are going to try to hit him on counters. You know, and it's one thing we've seen, seen this season is uh, is Hugo Silveira, you know, has been able to score a number of goals for Querétaro. You know, and he'll be returning from a red, so he'll be well rested. Uh, you see someone like uh, Omar Islas. I mean. We'll see what he's like. I, I think he recently had an injury, so I'm not sure if he'll be ready for this game. But he's had two goals and three assists. These are some somewhat, or I guess I should say, fairly unknown talents that have been quite decisive for Querétaro. And yeah, it just wouldn't surprise me if, like you said, they get decided to control the ball. They're gonna they're gonna create opportunities, and then who knows? Maybe Querétaro are gonna get a counter here. But at the very least, I think we do. I mean, we have to give Tigres credit for that 2 nothing win against Santos recently. And I feel like that was a step in the right direction. At the very least, because they're the ones who scored the late goal instead of their opponents. <laughs> that's obviously a good that's... thing. But <laughs> yeah, most of, yeah, but most importantly, I, I think what stood out to me is that there were others willing to take chances on net that weren't named Andre Pierre Gignac. Because I get it, he's your target forward. He's going to lead the way. But what I feel like what's happened numerous, numerous, numerous times this season is a reliance on Gignac to score. And then Tigres allow a late goal. And that's not what happened in the last game. So I feel like that's that's a step in the right direction. Also, it was good to see Leo Fernandez get another start. You know, that, that, that was good to see from Tigres. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they have they have a, a depth in their roster. So if it's not Fernandez, it, it can be Edu Vargas. or They have plenty of options. And it's not easy for Tuca to put uh, their starting 11 and, and uh, please everyone or everybody. So I agree with you, but we also have to analyze that uh, they play against Santos. And uh, one of the things that I like about Santos is that regardless of the stadium they're playing in, they play the same way. And regardless mm-hmm. of the players yeah. there in their starting yeah. 11, they play the same way. So the, the the style of Santos, it was a perfect fit for Tigres to to get the win because uh, Santos is all or nothing. So it, it was a, it was a good combination. So now Querétaro is going to represent a different challenge because they're going to sit back and they're going to they're going to be like, okay, come and, and try to get me. Let's see what you what you what you have. Uh, also, uh, Hilal Alcalá, the goalkeeper, he has to yeah. have a, a good night, and he's been having good nights. You know, one mistake here and there, but uh, well, but I think he's been solid. 
And if he's solid as he, he was before, uh, I think uh, that can be a main factor for Querétaro to get a good result. And actually, Querétaro last game, it was a very good game from Querétaro. They lost oh, yeah. 3-2 with, with Leon, which is one of the teams that, on, in, my, in my perspective, is, is the best team in the league. Um, so, score two goals to Leon uh, is not an easy thing. So, oh, you yeah. know, I give a little bit of a, of a chance to Querétaro to get a good result. Yeah, me too. I mean, I said it <laughs> our last episode, but... And uh, I think it was uh, Queretaro went up uh, two to one. And I was, I was like, oh, no way is this happening. And then my parents called. I was like, all right. Like I took the phone call. I was like chatting with my family just for a few minutes. It wasn't a long call. And then I get back and then Leon were winning three to two. It's like, wait, what What just happened here? Like did Leon, <laughs> I mean, but that's, but Gugliotti's been, been playing well, but that's, but that's, that's a different game altogether. But I guess, I mean, if I mentioned Gigliotti, if we're mentioning that last game, you know, we might as well look ahead to what I think is going to be another exciting match. It's going to be Leon versus Pumas on Monday night. And I feel like before we talk about Leon, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked my guest last week. Will Pumas remain undefeated after their next match? <laughs> it's kind of hard to answer that one. But, uh, but you know, I, I, like, I like Pumas. Uh, yeah. Leon will represent a different challenge, but they, the way they approach the game against Tigres um i think it was the the right one and i'm talking about pumas you know getting the uh, a draw and with a chance of, of winning the game they considered a lot of opportunities but they have a, a big name uh, talavera which has been yeah. outstanding and amazing yeah. and, and you know what i have some friends calling me that oh you guys are lucky because you know talavera has been saving you like, well that's true but it's part of his job you know he's there if, in case the defenders, uh, you know, have a mistake or something, and he's still part of the job. team. He's still of part course. of the team. <laughs> he's, he's, doing, he's doing his job. That's why you have a good, you have a good goalkeeper. In case uh, you're not having a great game, he can do his job. He's that, that's what he trains for. So um, it's going to be a different dynamic. I think uh, Pumas will face uh, a similar game that the one they face against Santos, but with uh, more quality on the field. Uh, so oh, one yeah. of the things that I like about Leon is that uh, they move the ball pretty, pretty fast and pretty quick, oh, yeah. and they have this um, organization on the field, uh, not being organized, if I can say that. And I'm explaining myself. Uh, you, you see Fernando Navarro playing as a right back, and, and suddenly he's he's a number nine, and suddenly he's a number <laughs> ten, and he's talking in, and he's doing all these crazy moves, and they understand uh, the movement and the spacing and the timing very well. So they don't even need to communicate. Uh, they they do it um, naturally, so that will be uh, a different threat to Pumas. Uh, I think it's going to be really hard. But one of the uh, strengths of this uh, Pumas team uh, is uh, they're committed. Yeah. They all run, and and uh, as a former uh, Pumas player, I will say that this team represents what Pumas is, which is uh, never give up, keep running for the ninety minutes and plus. And apply for every single ball. It doesn't yeah. matter if your name is Dineno or Lira or Mosso. Uh, you all have to run at the same time and at the same pace. And Lilini has found the right formula to bring every single player together, even in Turbe. So yeah. um, I, I will say a draw uh, will be will be a, a result that I I can see. Uh, or maybe my heart is is uh, telling me that it can be a draw. <laughs> but but I I'll see I'll see a fair opportunity for for Pumas to. To keep uh, you know that unbeaten streak. Yeah, I think it's it's a draw or it's gonna be a loss for Pumas. I don't know from my perspective. <laughs> you know, it's just I mean, because here's the thing with Leon is just like they were just they were doing everything right 
defensively in the midfield the build up was incredible obviously you talk about navarro who like suddenly you're like oh he looks like he's a right winger with the with the amount that he <laughs> pushed up the field but i feel like what was missing for for a while was it they're just missing a, a, a number nine and i think luckily for them in recent weeks Gigliotti has finally stepped up in that role. He's re- like, I think he's really starting to click with them now. And with that, I think he's the final piece of the puzzle that they were missing, you know? And it's, and the thing is too, obviously if, if Gigliotti doesn't step up, we, we can, we can name a long list of attacking support that he'll have with Luis Montes, Angel Mena, Meneses, Nevada. I mean, it, it's just a long, long list of talent that they have that can score goals. But I feel like with Gigliotti, uh, you know, finally, you know, scoring at somewhat of a consistent rate. Let's not say it is a consistent rate, but more than earlier this this season, that's for sure. I think that's what's going to make that's what's going to make it really tough uh, for Puma. So I'm I'm leaning towards, yeah, I think a win for Leon here. But yeah, like you said, I mean this this Puma side doesn't give up, and I I think the I mean the listeners have heard plenty of my thoughts on what I've liked about Pumas. I mean I've talked about I I think I talk about Dalavita every single episode. I'm just like <laughs> completely amazed by him. But I mean I think there are obvious players like Dalavita. We can point to Dineno. We can talk about Carlos Gonzalez. But I mean for for you as a former Pumas player, like what else have you liked from them this season? Like what else stands out to you? Whether it be something in the tactics or whether it be certain players that maybe aren't given enough credit. What what else have you liked? Other than, you know, the obvious things like Dinero and Gonzalez scoring and Talavera being an absolute wall net. Well, I think, uh, like, I, like I said it before, this team um, represents what, what Pumas is, the, the core values, values of, of Pumas, which is uh, play with intensity, uh, never give up, run, run, run. And, and we, you know, before the games over there in Seoul, the final words before we step out on the field were like, we cannot stop running because the other team doesn't like that. You know, uh, <laughs> that, that was, that was the, the, the main thing with Pumas. Like we, we run the 90 minutes and eventually we're going to have an opportunity. We, we have to uh, keep the clean sheet and that will give us uh, a chance to score and, and then win the game or get the result. Uh, I would like to highlight that from this team. Um, they're committed. Uh, the, the academy products are, are stepping up. That, that was something that Pumas lacked in previous seasons. They had good teams, uh, but just 11, 12, probably 13 players uh, in the roster that were um, um, you know, reliable. But now it doesn't matter the name. Uh, the, the academy pro- pro players, I'm sorry, are, are playing good. You know, and, and yeah. I was like, Mosso is not there, so probably they, they're going to they're gonna struggle in, uh, on the right back. But then Rivas, with 17 years old, yeah. He, he plays and he plays like he was playing for the last five years in the first edition. Uh, yeah. in the middle yeah. of the field. Gutierrez on the right side. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying this respectfully, but even Quintana, he looks good. It, yeah. when, when previously tournaments, it, it doesn't mean that he was bad, but he was making some mistakes that, that were hurting the team. Well, now he looks good because everything around uh, the young players is working. And I mentioned Iturbe, mm-hmm. you know, um, I know Livini from my time with uh, Morelia, and uh, I know his approach. Uh, it, it's a very personal approach. And I think that's what he used with um, uh, Iturbe. Iturbe yeah. is, is a world-class, world-class player. He played for Roma, he played Champions League, um, and, and he didn't click in Mexico with, with other coaches. Well, Livini got into his head, and uh, he's uh, making him to, um, to play in the way he was playing in Italy. So uh, to me, that's a great success. And then you defend well. Johan, Johan Vasquez is another yeah. great, another oh, great yeah. player. He's stepping up. Uh, Pumas lacked that position uh, in previous tournaments. 
So when you defend well, when you can see much opportunities, and if you do, you have a great goalkeeper, you will have one or two chances. And then you have Charlie and Dineno that don't, I mean, they don't need much to score goals. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. a perfect combination. That's a perfect balance between, okay, let's try to stay tight in defense because this guy will put one in the back of the net. Um, it's sometimes it's risky, but it's working for them. So I will say the chemistry uh, and yeah. I will give all credit to the coaching staff. Of course. I mean, I, I'm glad you brought up Dineno too, because Amber, because I still cover Cholos, and I would go down, go down to Tijuana to go watch the games and cover them. Amber, when when Iturbe first came to Tijuana, you know the immediate thing that you would read and what you would look at when you would see reports is just like he's an incredible talent that just for some odd reason just things aren't working out. You know, the things are maybe a little inconsistent, and it kind of that that's kind of what happened with Cholos. You're like, all right. Here's like you mentioned, like a world class player who's played for Roma, who's you know, who's played for for Porto, he's played all you know, some some top 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 clubs, and it just didn't work out in Liga Mekis. And now you're seeing what he's done. I mean, if if you need a perfect example of what he's been able to do, just check out that Golasso. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, just yeah. check out that. Gol I mean, just an incredible turnaround for a player, and he's still only what well, he's he's got to be like 25, 26, 27. He's still a young player, so he's, he's he still has a lot to not only provide for for Pumas, but just for the rest of his career too. So yeah, it's just incredible to see what, what's been happening not only for him, but just the mentality of Pumas in, in the recent months. Recent months. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? The the offensive side, uh, we all know that he's capable to score those amazing goals. But what he catches my attention is. His commitment to run, you know, you you see yeah. Iturbe yeah. now tracking all the way back to to the uh, fullback position, helping uh, Mayorga and, and you know to play the two v one defensively, and then still have the the strength and the desire to go forward and create something. You know, uh, th that's the biggest change in, in Iturbe's head, and I think he's paying off. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, so let's now go to our next section. I'm going to ask you four questions about Pumas. I mean, seeing as though you're a former player, I think you're, I think you, you might be more than qualified to be able to answer a few of these <laughs> questions. But here's Let's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Three of, them, three of them are fairly simple. It's not, it's not too complicated. And one of them is going to be a little bit of a curveball. So the first one is this. So assuming Pumas are going to qualify for the Ligia, where do you see them finishing the playoffs? I, I know you were a little hesitant to try to make predictions earlier, but assuming they qualify for the Ligia, where do you think they're going to finish? If they advance to the Liguilla and, and uh, depending on the their first opponent, I will mm -hmm. I will see them going all the way to the final. And people is gonna be like, oh come on, you're a former Pumas player, is your heart? But like I said, this tournament it's been so off that you see yeah. Cruz Azul that is playing amazing, struggling with Cholos that is not yeah. playing yeah. that good. So in a good night, Pumas can defeat any any team, any team. That will be that will be a surprise uh, to me. And especially because what well, we uh, we talk about uh, being in the playoffs, being in the Liguilla, uh, your emotions, your um, energy is completely different. So with that uh, with that mood, I think Pumas can defeat anyone with no problem. Now, if the first round is America or Cruz Azul or Leon, uh, mm -hmm. yes, you that that uh, mental part would play a, a, a huge uh, role in the in the uh, in the playoff uh, matchup. But also the quality. So if Pumas is relying only on run, 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 uh, they, I think they're just going to get to a certain point. Then you have to bring the quality in. So uh, I don't know. I will say if they advance to the first round, I, I see them going all the way to the final. All right. You heard it here. All, going all the way to the final. But second question now. We can talk about 
who is the best player in Pumas. We're going to talk about who is the most talented player from the squad. But I want to hear from you, who has been the most important player from, from the squad so far this season? Who is the most important player for this side? You know, I mean, the easy, the easy answer will be Talavera, definitely. Uh, but I, I always like to go a little bit uh, deeper with my analysis and, 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 my, and my thoughts. And I think Johan Vasquez. Because, okay. right. um, you know, Freire hasn't been there. So it's been Quintana. Uh, and they've been uh, moving Johan Vasquez from the right to the left, from the left to the right. And he's been delivering. You know, he's, he's with the national team now. And he mm-hmm. was before. But now he's, he's having minutes. And you can see how important it was for him to have minutes because quality, uh, the quality is there. So uh, he has brought um, uh, a, a solid uh, backline to Pumas. Uh, he's young, but he's uh, talented. And the most important thing, he's a left-footed player, which we don't have much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will say, uh, I will share this, the status of, of the most important player with uh, with Talavera. All right. All right. And most importantly, I don't believe he scored an own goal this season like Ferreira. <laughs> I think that's, that also that also helps. <laughs> All right. So, so, so I think I think this kind of builds off to our next question here because when I see Pumas, and we talked about this, you know, I, I see a squad with a number of young players. You know, I see I see players with a lot of potential, and maybe it is Johan Vasquez, maybe it's someone else. But which of them do you believe has the most potential to achieve something great? The most potential to really really do something incredible with their career well i'm a i'm a former fullback and uh, i always pay attention to the fullbacks and i like i really like muscle but uh but rivas you know with 17 years what he showed yeah. the the composure the, the the talent uh i was i was very surprised you know and then uh, i heard a couple of interviews and he's very mature uh to be 17 years old and to have his uh, first games in in uh in his professional career, I think uh, I really like what I saw. So I will say him, but also one that uh, hasn't played much or hasn't been in the starting lineup, uh, uh, Mendoza. You know, he's an he's an amazing okay. player. He, he's a great talent. Uh, he needs time and he needs more uh, minutes on the field. Uh, the good thing is that he's not having minutes because Gutierrez is playing well. So that's going to push him to um, train hard, play hard, and, and take advantage of the minutes that uh, he can get uh, on the pitch. Uh, obviously, he scored an amazing goal the last time he played. Right, I right. But um, those two players are the ones that I, I really like, and I think they will be important for Pumas in the future. All right, so there's uh, the final Pumas question. It's a little bit of an open-ended question, but okay. you, have to, you have to tell us one memorable or funny moment that comes to mind when you think of your career with Pumas. What, what comes, it, it could be memorable, I guess it could be funny, it could be like, what comes to mind when you, when you uh, like, what kind of funny moment comes to mind when you, when you think of your time with Pumas? Well, I, ha- I have plenty, you know, from uh, memorable to ridiculous moments. Uh, the the first one I will I, I will always remember because I uh-huh. didn't have much minutes at that tournament. I was too young and I had the chance to, to be in the starting lineup. So I was so nervous uh, before the game. Um, the games were at uh, noon in, in mm-hmm. Seoul. So I woke up at 8 in the morning. So you didn't have much time to eat, uh, you know, a good breakfast or a solid breakfast. So I just drank. Uh, I just drank um, orange juice, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's all I ate. So during the warm up, I, feel, I felt a little bit uh, shaky, weird. But I thought, <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. my nerves, whatever. Yeah. And then after the first the first 15 minutes, I was so weak. I was dizzy. And um, I, I mean, they stopped me, I think, in the 30th minute or something like that. I couldn't play. I was dizzy. I was, I didn't eat anything. And, and 
after that, I, I really struggled to get some minutes again because I, I blew up my opportunity to be on the field. The, the coach uh, trusted me and I didn't take advantage of that. So I learned a, a huge lesson in my career uh, after that game and, and how to take care properly as a, as a professional athlete. But um, I mean, it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a funny one or a, a good moment that I you know have in my head, but, uh, but it taught me a lot. Interesting. That's it's fascinating. There, it's, it's it's a lesson there for any like up and coming kids who you like you know just don't just drink OJ before these games. <laughs> they have a have a full meal, <laughs> or probably not a full meal. I'm not saying go out and like eat a plate at Chilaquiles and then start like running around like. That might, that exactly. Might... <laughs> no, might... Don't eat don't eat pozole, don't eat menudo or anything like that. But eat a, a proper meal before you you're gonna work out or you if you have an important game. Yeah, there you go. There you go. For some odd reason, when I when I was a kid, I don't know why. Like maybe this is why I never actually was a good soccer player. I just played like clubs. I just played club soccer and high school soccer. That was it. For some odd reason, my parents they they always buy me donuts, and I'd eat like donut donuts before games, and it was it was just like normal. But I don't know. Maybe it was just because they like wanted coffee before the games, because it'd be like early in the mornings. So they're like, yeah, sure, get us at a donut or something. But like ever like now looking back as an adult, I'll be like. Why did they give me donuts? Like that's like before <laughs> game. Uh, at least it was a little bit of sugar that that helped you run. On yeah, the field. yeah. Obviously, it wasn't it wasn't the the it's best. A good idea. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh closing this out with the last few minutes here. Uh, looking at the other uh, Liga Mekis matches for this weekend, we've got Necaxa versus Puebla. We've got Mazatlan versus Cruz Azul. Atlas Pachuca. Toluca Santos. San Luis versus Rayados and Cholos versus Juarez. Uh, Mariano, from those games, like what, what really stands out to you? What, what storyline is going to stand out to you for those other games? Well, obviously Cruz Azul. Yeah, Cruz Azul. Um, oh, yeah. Like I said, they struggle against uh, Cholos. And then my uh, narrative has been that um, teams are kind of understanding what Cruz Azul um, style is. You know, they're, they're, they're playing good, they're scoring goals. Uh, but it, it's been uh, more difficult for Cruz Azul in, in the last games. So I'm I, I'm intrigued about Cruz Azul's performances in, in the next games to see if they change something. Um, all credit to Ziboldi against Cholos because they started the game uh, playing with whatever formation and then they changed it in the second half. And in the press conference, he said, oh, well, we struggle, we changed it, and, and it worked for them. So... Uh, those little details can can be a sign of a team that is ready to go and contend for the for the title. So uh, I, I will I will follow Cruz Azul closely and and obviously Rayados Rayados oh, yeah. is, is is a crazy story to me. You know they have so much talent. Uh, they're, they're a stacked team in terms of uh, uh, you know players and names, it, but but somehow they don't they don't click. And I know Mohamed, he was my coach. And uh, I, I like his approach. I have some uh, conversations off the record with him. And, and uh, it's been either injuries or some other reasons. But he hasn't had the the team that he wants to have on the field. Yeah. But even with that, they have a lot of quality. And, and they, they haven't been able to, to click after they won the championship. Yeah, it's just so strange with Brielos. Because I feel like we've all been saying the same thing for months now it's it's not even it's, it's not even something that we've been talking about for a few weeks but just like i mean obviously there's a long break in 2020 uh, for, for obvious reasons but even in early 2020 you're like this team is incredibly talented and they create and they and they, they actually do create goal scoring chances so you're thinking 
are they unlucky? Are they, is it Ojedo Funes Mori just missing clear-cut opportunities? Because I, I feel like sometimes when I do tune into Real those games, like I feel like I'm accustomed to seeing Funes Mori like missing big chances, but it's got to be more than that. And it's just, it's just so baffling. I think baffling is just, is, is, is the way that I would put it, especially since now I want to say in late August, you're like, okay, here we go. They, they got the, they got the big win over America. They got the, they got a, they got a win over Juarez. I mean, it's not the big, it's not the most difficult opponent, but it was a second win in a row. And you're like, cool. Here's the when when the, you know when the giant truly wakes up. This is when they're really going to start to step forward. And then they had that loss against Cholos, and then they drew Atlas, and they drew against Pachuca. You're just, it's, just, it's so conf- it, it's incredibly confusing. It, it really is. It's, it's it's absolutely baffling to just think what's happened with them. It is. It is definitely. And uh, you know, I, I sit down and analyze the 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 games and the the strategy and the like, okay. I think it's the right strategy, is the right approach. And if you ask Mohamed, he would be like, okay, you know, uh, we haven't been sharp in front of the goal. And and, and he's right. You know, but oh, yeah. you expect you expect more. We were talking about Leon, and if it's not Gigliotti, it's, it's Navarro, it's Montes, it's Mena. Right. It's, exactly. And, and I think the the uh, other players in Rayados should step up. Not just playing okay, but do a little bit more. And I'm talking about Miguel Ayun, I'm talking about Charlie Rodriguez, uh, uh, Akilova, uh, Vincent Jansen, you know, they, if they're not going to score, at least they have to uh, do the run the extra mile to get the result, whatever they need to do, but they need to get the result. And I think with a, a couple of good results, this, this team can switch on and uh, be in, in, in track or on track to, to be a contender as well. Agreed, agreed. Uh, at least for me, I, I think uh, what you highlighted for the weekend definitely stands out to me. I'm also keeping an eye on Pachuca as well, just quietly doing well you know I, I feel like there's a lot of other storylines you know whether it be like Monterrey or Tigres or you know obviously there's like Chivas and America we're looking at the very top of the table too but just Pachuca just like little by little I know they they I know they got a draw and a loss in in, in the last two weeks I mean but, but it was against Cruz Azul and Rayados but they have a good opportunity here against Atlas and Atlas side which hasn't exactly been the most convincing. Yeah, it seems like they're making gradual improvements under their new manager, under Coca. But I feel like Pachuca, if they, if they get a win here, they could they, they could be up to 18 points, which isn't bad. It's not bad. They could potentially hold their spot within the top five of the league table. So I'm definitely interested by that, especially since I I really like the Pachuca roster too. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that roster and a lot of the players within that squad. And even you know, obviously it's a little tough for them too without... You know, Burrito Hernandez, who who got unfortunately that injury recently, but I think it's a really interesting squad. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they have a solid team. Uh, it takes time. It it, it takes time sometimes to find the the right names and, and the right uh, approach to the games. But yeah, I think Pesolano it's finding the the right formula, and uh, I think that's Pachuca. You know, Pachuca is like yeah, we're quiet, we're we're moving. Baby steps, you know, draw, win here, maybe lose yeah. a couple of games, but uh, they're there, you know. And once they're in the finals, uh, I mean, they they're uh, they have nothing to lose, and they if they approach the games like that, uh, they will be a very dangerous opponent. So I agree with you. You know, I think Pachuca uh, silently they keep uh, they have been improving and they keep moving forward. So that that can be dangerous. I agree with you about uh, Burrito Hernandez, but. Uh, but I think they have enough players to yeah. to play in that position. Now with um, uh, Guzman back uh, uh, in the mix, uh, I think it can be a good opportunity for him to have more minutes 
and uh, you know reach his best his best form. Agreed, agreed. All right, so I think uh, that's it for us, uh, Mariano. Uh, really quickly, for those who don't already follow you on social media, where can they uh, follow you and your work? At Mariano T nineteen, at Mariano T nineteen, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm there. Um, I'm okay. I don't block. I, uh, I, have, a thick, <laughs> I have a thick skin, so bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. You heard it here from Mariano. Uh, uh, that's it for us. Thank you, the Mariano. A big thanks um, to producer Amy for posting these episodes, and also many thanks to our listeners. Once again, if you haven't had a chance yet, you can. Uh, we definitely love and appreciate all ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to connect with us through social media uh, or give us any feedback. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if we if we block or not, like Mariano. But that's up to our so, that's up to our social media department, not me. You, but you can follow us on Twitter at Mex Soccer Show and on Instagram at the Mexican Soccer Show. Thanks once again, and until next time, we'll see you on the next episode. See you guys around.